Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, a new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since 12, 15, 95, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel, and there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order, and stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Osiris. All right. Happy Thursday, everyone. How's everybody doing? John, 
Megan, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Megan? Yeah, I'm great. Happy to be here. Happy to be here as well. Yeah. It's Thursday, December 2nd. We are in the month of December, which is a huge part of the reason why we are here hanging out on a Thursday afternoon talking about fish. I'm really excited because today we are going to be talking about what may be, could be, potentially is, probably is the greatest month of fish on an annual basis. I'm just so excited about this. How are you guys feeling going into today's conversation? I'm excited, man. I mean, we're going to definitely talk about one or two of my favorite shows of all time and including one of my favorite attended shows. So everything else, you know, all the other years, all that other stuff doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm equally, equally excited. Megan, how are you feeling? I'm excited. It was really fun to listen back to all of these December shows. It was fun to think about the month in isolation. I've never done that before. That was really fun. Did you listen to all of them? Did you skim yeah. like like here's a jam from the or did you like play them all? Like, I listened to every single December show ever. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. Okay, um, that would be so amazing if I did. Um, I mean, it's that's that's a real job. That know, that would to. be that would have to be my full time job. Yeah. If anybody just, wants to pay me to do that too, I'm here for it. There it is. There it is. She will be your archivist. We have it right here. I just put them all into a logic file and just press play and let them all play at the same time and just kind of consume (laughs) every single December fish show all at once. It was pretty amazing. Lots of jams, some gimmicks, uh, some good songs. I'll tell you what, some good songs. But um, Just played Hershey 95, New Haven 95, (laughs) the Tweezabella, and then a few Hampton, or not not Hampton, although one was Hampton, a few 99 jams, and I was like, eh, that's about covered it. You got a feel. You got a vibe. I've heard it all. Well, we're going to talk through. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We are here to learn still. We are going to talk through some December fish. That is why we are here today. The goal of today's episode is to break down December fish as well as to uh, discuss with you all a massive poll that went out uh, just about two days ago trying to figure out the strongest month of fish history or fish December history just based around three very strong months, be it 95, 97, 99. We'll get to those results. We'll get to our thoughts here in a little bit. I do want to just make a quick PSA before we get into our um, sponsors for today. We got a bunch of feedback about, hey, what about New Year's Eve shows? Ha ha ha. We will be covering New Year's Eve shows in probably more depth than anyone out there wants us to cover them, but we are going to be doing it. We're going to be taking a day-by-day approach to each date of Fish New Year's Eve history, and we're very excited about that. It's going to allow us a deep dive into like what is a 1229 show versus a 1230 show? What happens when Fish comes out on stage on New Year's Day? All of that's going to come in this amazing December series that we are doing here on HF Pod on Tour. And we are here, as I just said, HF Pod on Tour, presented by both Shift Genuine Cannabis as well as Section 119. Two great sponsors, huh, Jonathan? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, what goes great with fish? Cannabis. Uh, HF Pod on Tour, as you said, is proudly sponsored by Shift Genuine Cannabis. They are based and sold in Colorado. Uh, we had a chance to visit the Shift Ranch outside of Telluride and 
tore their grows. And it was it was an amazing experience in so many ways, not only just a beautiful part of the country, beautiful part of Colorado, but, you know, their operation was amazing. Our biggest takeaway was the care and attention to detail that Shift puts into growing their flower facility was beautifully high tech, every detail in place. I mean, I was fascinated by the, you know, the, the console where they had all these data points and I wanted to just get into the, the tech end of it. Um, and we even, you know, we got to meet their on-site scientists, learn about tissue culture and propagation techniques, which of course play a huge role in plant health and quality. And we saw firsthand, as I say, all these data points and on um, their growing and the environmental conditions and the tracking of every plant from, from the lab to the store. It's just amazing. And uh, it all is to make sure the bud that you get is consistent, pure, and of the highest quality. Shift sells flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. So you can find out more by visiting shiftcannabis.com. Absolutely. Brian. You know what my favorite part about that was? What's that? Remember that room that we were in where like the plants were, I don't know, I guess like in their second stage, it was like the the heavily lit room it was like a ton of wattage that was in there and like we all walked in and after like three minutes of being there i felt elevated and i was <laughs> like is this is this real like is this is what is happening really real and uh you know one of I, michael turned to me and he was like oh yeah this is the plants just giving off good vibes too and i was like i i feel <laughs> it right now right now i get it yeah so speaking of like, good vibes, you get to wear like cool suits when you oh they, yeah we had the oh yeah space suits and everything and everything and uh, it looked really good when I wore my sunglasses in that extraordinarily <laughs> bright room. Um, <laughs> Brian, uh, speaking of looking really good, that hoodie that you're wearing is uh, that's that's pretty sweet. Tell us about that. Where, where, where am I? There, you, there now you can there, see it. There it is. Uh, this is my new favorite hoodie. This is my Section 119 donut hoodie, which um, you know it gives that subtle look to wearing fish clothes. You know, I can wear this out in public. The right people know they kind of give me a hat tip or like that side eye of, Hey, I see you out here, but you know, it's the type of thing that I can wear anywhere. I can wear it out to lunch. I can wear it while I'm working. I can wear it to see the family. And at all times I'm represented in showcasing my love for the band fish. And this all comes from our second presenting sponsor section 119. Um, this hoodie and like all their clothes, they're so comfy. They're subtle enough to wear anywhere, and they are top-notch quality. Section 119 was started by a couple of huge fish fans who wanted more than a t-shirt to show their appreciation for our favorite bands, and it's turned into a huge line of unique apparel for Fish and the Grateful Dead. All of their fans. Uh, right now, Section 119 is running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays using promo code HFPOD when you check out at section119.com. So visit them. You can find cool gifts for your wife, for your husband, your brother, your dad, whoever, your podcast co-host, whoever it may be, all for the holidays. And when you're there, please let them know that your friends at HFPOD sent you. You can take the post-purchase survey on your order confirmation page. Let them know that we sent you. That helps us out. That helps them out. Gives them good in insight that HFPOD is here sending you to get great, great quality clothes. And with that, let's kick off our discussion about December fish. I'm really excited for this. This is like... I don't want to say I'm like more excited for this episode than the ones that are to come. Cause the content is going to be awesome. But like, like you said, Megan, 
I listened to a lot of December fish in the last couple of days, just going from jam to set to show to, Oh, I have to listen to these moments. Oh wait, I have to go back and listen to this now to counter it with that. I sent Jonathan a picture of, uh, the Mike song from 12195, which just like every time I hear it, I feel like I could just like kick a door down or something like that. I mean, amazing stuff, guys. Well, that shit rules your face. I'm sorry. I'm going to say that every time you bring it up um, at least <laughs> once. Uh, yeah, these shows, it's first of all, it's all indoor fish. It's, you know, everybody's got a hoodie on. You wear your long sleeves. You know, you just dress different and better and uh, the lights are better the the rooms are you know the ones you want to be in uh i don't i i've really found that i prefer indoor fish and uh i like it when it's cold out like i don't i i don't know i've never been the biggest lot guy so i want to i want to get to the show i'll have a beer outside go inside and i want to be there stake out my spot be with my friends, start to feel my feet again, and then dance for the you know next three hours. And that's December fish for me. And uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk more about it. What about you, Megan? Yeah, I mean, I think what's cool about December is that it's always kind of like this lead up to this big event. And I think any time that the band has like a big event, whether it's like Halloween or New Year's Eve, they're just, I don't know, I imagine they're practicing a lot. So I feel like they're just got that like kind of like big energy buildup. And so I feel like these December shows are pretty hot always. And I also think there's just this kind of feeling like it's all coming to an end the year. I think that like they tour so much in the summer and the fall, especially these kind of historic years that we're talking about. These are mega tours, a lot of them. And then it ends in December. And a lot of the times they weren't touring again for six more months. So I think there's a lot of like energy put into it and a knowing that this is kind of like the end of what, what whatever this moment is with fish. Yeah, I think that build-up point is spot on. It's a culmination, yeah. right? We're mm-hmm. we're really in the run-up to, you know, not only the holiday season, but Fish's like own holiday season, which is the New Year's run. So yeah. this is, you know, in some of these years, you're right, they toured more than almost any other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninety-five, for, for example. I mean, they toured just a ton, a ton, and and the December tour was really just the third month of the fall tour uh would they just been out playing and playing and playing and playing just really amazing shows and when they're playing that much it's it's good it's good it's great and like that idea of like the build-up it it really differentiates december from october november you know and i think specifically about for all of our listeners out there, we'll probably focus on three big December tours here uh, during this episode, 1995, 1997, and 1999. The first two obviously had shows in November. And like, you know, I would say the biggest difference to my years between those shows is November 95 is in the middle of this, uh, you know, tour across the country that begins um, on the West coast and works its way, weaves its way to the East and then ends in the Northeast, Northeast corridor all throughout December. Like every one of those shows is essentially played where the band cut their teeth in the early, in the late eighties and early nineties. Um, 97 is this kind of straight line across America from Las Vegas, again, ending in the Northeast and 99 is only focused on the Northeast, but has no November to kind of 
um, uh, to kind of play before it. But like November 95, you hear the band picking up after Quadrophenia and you hear kind of that big arena sound really be implemented in a fully confident way, really impact their jamming. Um, You hear them start to stretch out songs in a way that they hadn't totally done since the summer, but it's in a very melodic way. Like I'm thinking the Orlando Stash, the uh, Maryland Free, there's a, I think Charleston has like a 30 minute, you enjoy myself. You hear the band really start to find this big melodic sound that would then be, you know, thrown across every single show in December. But the difference being they're still kind of tinkering in November in, in December, they get there and now they know that they're ending the month at MSG. They know that they've got a six month break after this. And these are like the last shows for them to put it all on the line out for. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you slightly only in that if we weren't here to talk about December of various years, I would spend a lot of time making the case that um, December 95 does not belong isolated from November mm. or October. I saw shows in November and December and it's the same band. I mean, it's just, there's not really a switch that flipped after Thanksgiving. Um, but that's for another conversation, perhaps. Uh. I will push a little <laughs> bit back too, because I saw in September 95, four of those shows in the West coast. I just moved West coast. And so I saw oh, the cool. first three California shows. And then I saw, which is the first time I ever saw fish in the West coast, which is like, kind of why I went to school in the West Coast, because I wanted to see fish in the West Coast. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, and and the Grateful Dead, but yeah. they were no more, alas. Um, but I I saw those three shows, and then I saw a show in Arizona. And I feel like those shows are so dramatically different from the November, December shows of that year. Um, it was a lot of Billy Breathes stuff, and it was a lot of the same songs um, every few nights, even like playing same songs back to back, different nights. But and there's some good shows, but they're, they sound so different to me, but maybe it's just from that's the beginning of the tour to the end. Yeah. You know, I would say that the beginning of the tour is a little, is different. It's more like summer. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But by the time we're talking November, we're approaching Thanksgiving and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're in stride and that stride just continues right on through the end of tour. And, uh, and then in the new year's run, of course, which we're not going to talk about today. <laughs> I'm going to put a pin in this because what your pushback back. is will actually inform an argument that I'm going to make later um, that will wrap around and agree with both of you uh, in a lot of ways. So before that, you just hinted at this. We are not just as a reminder to everyone listening out there <laughs> in this episode, we are not talking about new year's Eve. There's so much fish music to talk about in December prior to a 1228 show that we are going to focus all of our energy on that music prior to it. We will cover New Year's Eve later, but I want to get a thought from each of you. What do you hear is kind of the big difference between a December fish show and a New Year's Eve show? Is there something that kind of defines it in its sound and its vibe to you, Meg? Hmm. I mean, I think the New Year's Eve runs always just have so much. I think they're always just working towards that last night. And there's a reason, you know, we'll get into that later about why the 30th is always so awesome. But I think that there's kind of like, they're seen as like a package. And I think the December shows before that are really kind of like ending the fall tour. You know, I think the fall tour and the New Year's Eve run are totally separate things. Kind of like, 
you know, sometimes I feel like the Halloween run seems totally separate from fall tour. I would argue it didn't this year, but I think that like New Year's Eve just is almost like a holiday run, totally separate from the fall tour. And I think those last December shows just kind of like reap the benefits of them playing all of that, especially in like a 95 or a 97 where they're just touring so much and they've been playing together so much. I'm going to pretty much agree with this and just add to it and say that like with a a fall tour into Halloween, the um, going uh, this year being a good exception to it. Generally, when you come into a Halloween run after a fall tour at the end of a fall tour, everybody looks at it as this is basically a reset night one. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever they play can be played again. It's it's a special separate thing. You could make a case that that happened this year, too, but it just felt like there was continuity. And then with a New Year's run, it's definitely a reset. First of all, there's been a break, sometimes longer than others, but there's been a break. And these shows are contained, even when they did a little tour like um, 97, I think, is a, a really good example of that. Because uh, not to go too far into, you know, 1228s and such, but I had friends who had just seen them in, you know, November and December, uh, early December, who said to me, this uh, U.S. Air Arena show is nothing like what we just saw two weeks ago. They weren't wrong. Uh, I, of course, hadn't seen them a couple weeks earlier, so I was still excited. But, um, you know, they, they, they do. They just stand. They stand apart. Yeah, I. One thing I want to point out before agreeing with both of you, um, Jonathan and I had a conversation before you got on, Megan, and I just I love the fact that you understand seasons as well. Uh, all of these December <laughs> shows are fall shows. These yes. are not winter shows. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> this is a part of fall tour. Um, no, I agree with you guys. I guess like the only thing I would add to it is um, my winter break when I was a kid. And I always kind of think about like that period with like just such great nostalgia. And Megan, I'm sure you know this as a third grade teacher, like it always happened around like December 16th, 17th, 18th. I don't know, you know, that week or so before Christmas is when we would get out of school. And those three weeks leading up to it, I couldn't think about anything else other than winter break is coming. Christmas is coming. (laughs) And that like energy and excitement that, the thing you're looking forward to is still so far away is how I feel when I listen to December fish shows where like they know something special is coming, you know, in 95, it was our first new year's Eve gig at uh, MSG in 97. It was our return to MSG and this three night run there. And also like tapping off this really, really important year in our history in 99, it's the build up to big Cypress and those shows that lead up to it in the December tour proper, they just feel like a band that is staying in the moment, but clearly looking towards something gleaming at the end of the tunnel. You know, may it be a break or may it be this huge next step forward for them uh, from a from a career standpoint. Whereas when you get to the New Year's run, within three songs of the first show on, you know, be it 1228, 1227, 1229 is we're going to have this year, whatever that first night is of the New Year's run, you kind of feel that relaxed we're back here again you know this is all contained around four specific shows um i don't know it feels like uh the kind of reunion you would get when you would go home for the holidays from christmas and like you know from or from college and you'd see all your friends again whereas like that excitement leading up to that is what i hear in those first nine to twelve shows that you get in december you're not wrong 
<laughs> we're we're all not wrong. Yeah, so let, let's talk. We 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 we. <laughs> We we meant where we we messaged this earlier in the episode. We're going to focus mainly on ninety five, ninety seven, ninety nine. Um, Jonathan, this was something that we talked about and made a uh, um, you know quick adjustment to the the show here because this is something you were interested in. What are kind of in your mind the differences between these three years, and what do you hear as the band is adjusting across a four year period in time and three tours? I mean, to put it simply, ninety five. That's the peak. Everything after that is just lesser. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I have I've heard that case made. I have made that case in the past. I don't really believe it. Um, I will say that, you know, my preferences being what they are sort of back that attitude. But I don't again, I don't really believe it. Ninety five, December, ninety five, all of ninety five is an extraordinarily exploratory year. It's it's weird it's driven it's anything can happen any corner can be turned and will be turned they you know you they they would just they would go anywhere uh they would you know play mics right into wikipa they would open shows or maybe say like a second set with tweezer reprise without having played the tweezer that night, you know, (laughs) they were just demolishing the preconceived notions of what fish show structures were, which is something that anybody who's paying attention this year knows they were doing it again this year. Um, So it's, it, it, it was huge in 95, like in that way, 97, 97 was really about writing a groove. I mean, there were a lot of other things, but that is kind of the defining sound of particularly fall 97 and into, into December. And, you know, Trey would go, wow, Fishman would play a lot of drums and then Trey would play that chord again. You know, it, um, maybe I'm simplifying it, <laughs> but but that, that was the sound of 97. It was so different from it's light years different from. 90 95 like if you look at um the tweezabella right what is that yeah. 12, 12 six, six. Uh, and then you compare it to the new haven tweezer on in 95 i mean they're just completely different monsters both amazing um and then you go to 99 and 99 is just weird it has elements of all of all of these things i've described it has elements of the kind of ambient feedbacky kind of stuff that they were doing in 98 and continuing into 99 noise as an element. Um, and not just the kind of racket that some of the 95 jams descended into, but I mean like noise, like Trey finally got the my bloody Valentine sound to really yeah. come through, you know? And, um, and even in one of the like least beloved shows of that, December, which is the first night Hampton, they they start in the second set, like in after I don't know, maybe second song and second set, third song, they just start a jam out of nothing. It's five yeah. minute jam that becomes turns into bug. And this is the least loved show. Say like you look at the fishnet ratings, which are, you know, I always knock them, but people don't like this show. And yet they're doing a jam out of just 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 out of nothing in that show. And it's awesome. So but it sounds nothing like you would have heard in those other years. And 
I, I've taken a lot of your time. Thank you for attending my TED talk. <laughs> that was a good no, I think TED that there's talk. a lot there. There's 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 really good stuff there, Megan. What what are your thoughts on on kind of the differences between these three years? Yeah, I mean, ninety five. You know, it's funny. Two days ago, we were talking about striving and what that does to a band, and like ninety five is the pinnacle of their striving, right? Yeah, it is like the mountaintop that they've been working towards. Like at the end of ninety five, like so much has changed for this band. Like. They're playing New Year's Eve at the biggest venue, you know, on the planet. You know, it's Madison Square Garden, New Year's Eve. They've made it. Jerry Garcia has died. So now they are the counterculture band, you know, in the U.S., the biggest counterculture act. Their audience is going to grow enormously because of that and for better or worse. Um, And I think that that year just so much changed for them that year that I feel like you can hear that in their music, you know, they're, they're not, they feel like, I think their striving has paid off, right? They're now, they can call the shots, right? They, I mean, probably so much change for them professionally, as far as like doors that were open for them and things they could do and choose to do and choose not to do. So I think that that year is really the end result of that, which I think is why probably people think it is kind of like the peak, like you were saying, Jonathan, you know, I think that that it is kind of the peak of them getting to where they probably never even expected they would go just because it is so unbelievable. Um, and I think, I mean, it's an epic month for fish 95 December. I mean, they, they played, I think I'm looking here, 58 shows that fall. That's crazy, you know, and then ending with this, you know, monster New Year's Eve at Madison square garden. I think they were playing fast, furious. I mean, I listened to some of that 95 fish and I'm like tired just listening to it. Like it is so fast. It's Try so playing fast. along with that, something like that, like the I tempos. Can't and even, like, I can't even imagine hours. it. Yeah. It's and so it's great. like, it's incredible, but it's just not my favorite because I just, well, we'll get into that later, but <laughs> it's awesome. And it's just, it's, you know, I think that I listened to like a Mike song from Hershey December one. And you know, I could be sold like that is that fish is so good. Um, but I think that year is just the end result of that striving. And 97 is like, to me, just them. I think after Remain in Light in 96, that when they covered that for Halloween, they found this groove and then they just enjoyed riding that. You know, we got to hear like Mike coming through the mix stronger and it just turns into this just like funk love. And for me, that's like totally where it's at. And I also just feel like, they were in such a different place, right, than in 95. They are calling the shots. They are, you know, creating the kind of tours they want. And, you know, they're going to Europe when they want. They're, you know, exploring in Europe and playing smaller venues, but having fun and workshopping new sounds. And I just think 97 was just more of a, not a chill year, but like, I feel like they kind of just let it be a little bit more than they had in 95, where they're just really like gunning, you know? And for me, 99 is like just, it's the least listened to fish for me personally, as far out of these three. Um, the soundscape, right? There's like this like dissonance and just like tonalness to it that's really cool and like really spacey and and weird and um, psychedelic. And I like that. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely a totally different vibe than in 97. And I think that also the lead up to big Cypress was like hugely inspiring to them. And so I think that the end of that year, they were touring the most, I think in 99 since 95, 
I think they hadn't toured yeah. that big of a right that big of a tour since '95. So they were, yeah. So they were like pushing, and um, and I think that's why that that year is also really great. But definitely, definitely a different sound. Yeah, I agree with all that. And um, before I state my my piece, I, I just want to encourage anyone who's out there hanging with us. Thank you, first of all. Um, but please feel free to share your thoughts on what are the differences between 95, 97, 99, what kind of your big takeaways are. Maybe some of your favorite shows. We'll, uh, we'll definitely highlight and talk about them here on the show. Um, I think like you both said in so many words, like such a great walkthrough of what these three years, uh, three different tours mean. Um, I was thinking about it as I was listening and I kind of reduced it all to three takes on tweezer. And I was thinking about the new Haven version from 1995. Um, and, and these three jams to me, like speak to the larger goals and focus of where the band was at at the time that new Haven tweezer 12 to 95, 26 years ago today, just amazing, amazing uh, uh, jam to go back to. It's one of the most aggressive, loud, in-your-face, not necessarily terrifying, but like you were talking about the <laughs> tempos. I have heard like, it reported as terrifying. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm more terrified, like, how did Fishman's heart not come out of his chest? You know, like, uh, like you, you talk about the tempos, Megan, like, that is a jam that speaks to a band that you talk about striving, you talk about how fast they could play it's the constant it's the most fascinating challenge of fish to me is you have Trey Anastasio as your lead guitarist, one of the most influential, one of the greatest guitarists on the face of the planet of all time. And he is leading your band. And yet Trey is this musician that does not want to be just like out with the spotlight on him, playing a crazy guitar solo, showing you all of his tricks and then we go back in the song. He wants to communicate with his band members in the way that like King Crimson did. Um, and so you're at this crazy point in December 95 where the band is probably faster, tighter, stronger than they ever will be. And yet they know that this cannot be the peak of what they do. I, I said this last on, on Tuesday, like they could have walked off stage on December 31st, never played another note again, and we'd still be talking about them. I believe that firmly but they knew that there was something more to them. And so you hear in that tweezer, this band, like it's all about communication between Trey and Fishman. They're trying to align on riffs and Hey, I'm going to change it right here. Can you follow me? Can you make, can you do this the same way? And can we actually still stay in communication? And they do it, but it sounds like a holy 1995 jam. You go ahead two years, that tweezer Bella that you were talking about, Jonathan, you've got this mixture of the funk sounds. Like it has like a two and a half, three minute long intro before they ever actually get to the full band riff. You know, it's like page trays on the wah. Fishman's kind of screwing around a little bit on the drums. And then that version turns into this, like, you know, prototypical funk jam, which then around 13 minutes morphs into one of the prettiest jam segments I've ever heard from the band. And you hear them kind of point the way forward and you hear funk leading the way towards this democratic plane that will lead them to a new sound and almost starts to hint towards where they would peak with like the ambient jam and the lemon in the lemon wheel next, you know, the following summer, it's this like beautiful melodic kind of uh, watercolor type of painting of a jam. Two years later, Raleigh, they play this 
tweezer that, like you said, Jonathan, Trey finally has figured out how to sound like he's playing in My Bloody Valentine. He finally sounds like Kevin Shields. And I was listening to it last night and like I was thinking about 2021 fish in the context of 1999 fish. I was thinking about like this relaxed approach as they're approaching the biggest concert of their lives at Big Cypress. But Paige spends the entire jam on the grand piano and he adds these just like regal riffs that like over trays, you know, shoegaze shit. <laughs> like on. there's no sense. It's just like, hey, I'm going to hang out over here on the grand piano. It adds this beautiful sound to it that you listen, you think about those three versions of tweezer, like they sound like their years in the way that the band was you know, moving closer towards just like a very melodic approach while also, you know, Trey is trying to figure out a way to step in the background and allow the other guys to like have their voices be be heard in a much more even level. Well, you know, that's a very smart approach. Uh, many, some folks out there probably remember when Matt Dwyer first came on HF Pod as a guest, it was the deep dive into tweezer as a multi-part episode and and basically the thesis was as goes tweezer so goes fish yeah and he's not wrong and uh here we have three good examples three good examples um yeah i mean i think at the end of the day like you know th- these three tours they feel like an arc and they feel like how we get ourselves to October 7th, 2000, when the band needs to take their first break. Uh, They feel, you know, like a part of this band peaking and then, you know, the crescendo falls and and we've got to figure out what's next. Um, That said, before we go into a break, give me some of your favorite December shows. These could be outside of 95, 97, 99. They could only be in that, whatever you want it to be. Give me a couple of your favorite December shows, Megan. Well, I thought the assignment was to stay within these three years for our favorite December okay. shows. So, no, but I'll uh, I'll definitely throw some other. I think, um, you know, the Speak, show that I... Leave it to the teacher to know specifically <laughs> what the directions were. I this wasn't that. in the syllabus. I'm sorry. 2003 was not in the syllabus. You can't, you can't test, test on this. On that. <laughs> exactly. I prepare very intently, but it has to be like really, you know, focused preparation exactly here. what you want. <laughs> okay, so I really want to talk about December 7th, 97 at the Nutter Center in Dayton. I just think the show is super well-crafted. It's super fluid. I think it's got bust outs. It's got good jams, well-played classics, and like this super strong first set, which I think we're always thinking about the second set. I think it's kind of fun to think about like a really, really strong first set. I think the opening three songs with ACDC Bag into Psycho Killer into Jesus Left Chicago, just so awesome i think anytime they play talking heads like i'm here for it and i think that is just such a fun opener and they just flow into each other i mean the segues in the show are incredible just ridiculous they're so ridiculous like sometimes you don't even you can't even believe you're in a new song it just sounds so perfect you're like oh my god i mean did they rehearse these like i'm so curious about how how these happened I love the It's Ice into Swept Away into Steep back into It's Ice. I love when they play those songs. So beautiful. And they're all segueing into each other into like this gorgeous theme. I just think the theme is really beautiful. But for me, this tube of this set is just so fun. It's funky, rowdy, groovy. And they're doing that like stopping and starting a lot, which I just think is super fun. Um, And then they end the song and then just like pick up the jam. Like, no, we want to keep 
keep doing this and then get into this like funky spacey jam, um, which I think is just, it's so fun. It just shows them they're so in the moment. They're like, yeah, we're just going to keep doing this. Even though we're done with the song, we're just going to go back to this. <laughs> and I just love the second set. I love like the Wolfman's. I think that song in 97 really shined and hearing that like this funk groove slide into this like huge bust out of Boogie On, which is one of my favorite songs when they play. They hadn't played it in nine years and it's just super fun and ends in like this beautiful, well-played Reba. And the only issue I have with this show is I don't love a day in the life as an encore. I just, it just makes me kind of sad. I don't know. Oh, this is an interesting take. <laughs> Wait, Wait. I, I can't, I can't. We're divert. I just, I just no, really <laughs> like an exclamation point ending of a show. And I feel like it's an amazing song. Chord doesn't play do it. it. In, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just think that like, I, I heard them play it in London. It, it like, it was amazing, but I just feel like I just, I don't know. The song is bittersweet to me. So, Say no more. But, you, you heard him play it in London. You don't need to hear it again. I think. Yeah, and that's that fair. And you don't have to defend your yourself. Not to me. I'm, I'm, to I'm just more on the end. <laughs> um, before before we get to you, Jonathan, um, anyone out there listening, if you want to share your favorite December shows, um, they could be within the assignment of 95, 97, 99. <laughs> we will we will shout them out because I can guarantee you we are not going to speak about every single one of them. It just it's I've got a list, of it. and there's a lot that we're missing. I know it. So share us your favorite shows, um, but they could be outside of those years as well. John, what do you got? Uh, you know, this is tough. There's a lot, a lot that I like, and I didn't want to just speak endlessly about my favorite 95 shows, which is most of them. But I, I will say, <laughs> uh, going outside the brief, uh, 12-1-94 needs a mention, um, because that shows, that shows amazing. Uh, great tweezer with the Norwegian wood in there. Uh, and it goes into big black furry creatures and Makasupa and ICU tweezer, you know, the whole, that whole thing is just outstanding. And, and 1994 fish is really good. And uh, this is a fine and good example of it. Also, there's an uncle pen in the first set, so you can't go wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I saw a couple of the December 95 shows, but not the right ones. Um, 12, one rules your face. Don't get me wrong. It's a great, great show, but I should have also gone to new Haven. Um, because that tweezer is mind blowing. You covered it pretty well though, Brian. So I will jump ahead to talk about the, uh, the twelve fourteen show, mm. uh, broom County veterans Memorial arena. It's another big tweezer, tweezer, timber, tweezer. We got a keyboard army. Uh, a rare and interesting thing. Haley's and NICU. What a, again, great show. Amazing playing. Um, I saw the next night, uh, which was also fun. Cool rotation jam. Um, I got two of those. How about, how about you guys? No, um, no. sorry. <laughs> um, you know when I started seeing this band. Yeah. yeah and then, um, <laughs> but back to Broome County, uh, the, you know, the, the bold is love, uh, by request encore. Is that an okay encore, Meg? I, I think those are pretty good. Um, and, uh, she can't handle classic yeah, rock. Encores. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's great, great show. And, you know, I, I, I also, I want to say that I really don't quite, I kind of touched on this earlier. I don't quite get the disdain, for the December 99 Hampton shows. 
It's not just my attendance bias. I've listened to them again, as I was talking about earlier, talking about that one jam, but I think those are decent shows. I actually think the um, 1215 show from the arena inside Washington, D.C. that has changed its name every week since it was built Mm -hmm. um, is not better, but it's rated higher. It's not better, though. Um, uh, I was at that one, too. Uh, But, you know, how can you go wrong with any of these Brian, show us how we can go wrong. Let's hear one of your picks. <laughs> yeah, uh, this will be the wrong pick. Um, so <laughs> I have I have a couple. Uh, I, I love Kevin Shapiro. Absolutely amazing uh, human. I, I have three shows that I have just been endlessly begging to be released. One is a summer show. It is my second favorite fish of all time. July 25th, 1999 from Deer Creek. Um, we are not here to talk about July fish. Yeah, maybe maybe. Yeah, ten months. So I, I will. I will that really that. wasn't on the syllabus. Yeah, come on, move on. <laughs> way on. <laughs> He's not listening. Just, <laughs> I'm just making the rules and breaking them. Um, no, but the other is a box set release of Philly '97, um, twelve two, and twelve yes. three, and specifically twelve two, which is twenty four years old today. Yeah, twenty four years old. Um. The second set, Mike Song, Simple, Dogface Boy, Yamar, Weekapog. I've said this before. I will say it again. There's an argument to be made. It might be the greatest hour of fish ever put to tape. Songwriting, segues, jams. Could, re- could really use a hydrogen, though. I mean, it could use a hydrogen, but you get a beautiful dogface dog boy dog that comes boy. out of out of simple in such a perfect little segue. You get Yamar that's funny, goes into a cool funk jam, and then segues into Week of Pog, and then that's 15 minutes on top of itself and just gets so intense. And this is all before mentioning like the Mike's funk mm-hmm. pseudo tweezabella type jam that we have. It's just amazing, amazing playing. It's so diverse and you know, whenever I hear that 97 was a funk tour, I always point people to two separate jams, the Vegas stash and that hour of fish, that Mike's groove from Philly. Cause those showcase really where the band was like at this peak of creativity, not just funk and, and carrying over the next night, 12, three, the David Bowie is a David Bowie until they break free. And they're this, in this ambient, beautiful zone that segues into a uh, possum, which then goes into a funk jam. And if you look it up on Tweezer or on a, on Tweezer, on YouTube, Tweezer is ever, we are always in Tweezer. If you look it up <laughs> on YouTube, that funk jam contains like the greatest Mike and Trey dance ever, where they're just like stepping oh, side to side that. with the beat. Oh, it's it's my favorite. I, I send it to people who have no idea who Fish is to be like, this is my favorite band. It's like choreographed <laughs> dancing. It's all start, stop jamming. Are you they're trying to scare like, them away? Uh, yeah, exactly. so. Just stay away. <laughs> they're in these like bright white shoes. That, Tickets you know, are already tough. <laughs> exactly. yeah, we don't need stay anyone away. else. <laughs> but um, no, that, that little segment, I mean, I could have there's a lot that could be added from both 95 and 99 you know, the uh, Portland main show from 95, 12, 11, the following night from Providence has a 31 minute down with disease. That's really glorious. Uh, I love the first set from 1215, another spectrum show. Um, big shout out to 12, 8, 99, the second of two shows in Portland, Maine that has 
a really underrated overlooked set list, great jamming, and a You Enjoy Myself that segues into Tweezer Reprise. There's no tweezer in the show. Um, it's just an amazing month. It's an amazing, amazing month. Um, the last one I'll say, it just came to me, the 20th anniversary show. It's a lot of shit because a lot of people were like, huh, that's all you're going to do for your 20th anniversary. But it has a third quarter the the rock and roll tweezer reprise week of pog, big black furry creature from our Kung, big black furry creature from Mars. That whole segment is just some of my favorite listening from 2.0. And if you haven't heard that rock and roll, I highly, highly recommend it. It's amazing. It's rock and roll into week of pog. It's just incredible stuff. So sounds okay. It's okay. Before we uh, before we jump into our second segment, which includes a lot of poll responses and some potential hot takes and debates, none hotter than a day in the life, though. Um, <laughs> I really threw a grenade with that one. Oh yeah, we're gonna remember yeah. that too. You, you opened a big wound. It's <laughs> my wife has seen ninety nine fish shows and has never once seen a day in the life. I've seen eighty or 83 i've never once seen it um we saw separate shows this fall and she told me she wouldn't let me back in the house if at one of the shows i was at they played a day in the life so i spent the whole every show being like please don't and i want to hear it really badly but i was like do not play this i can't have you play this tonight so um (laughs) before though we move on to segment two we are going to remind you of our presenting sponsors here um shift Genuine Cannabis. We want to remind you once again here that HF Pod on Tour is proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis. They're based and sold here in the wonderful state of Colorado, to which I am in right now. It's like 75 degrees outside, guys. I don't know what's going on. It's beautiful. It's sunny. It's amazing. Um, Shift sells flour. It's not fair. Shift sells flour, pre-rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. Please visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Jonathan, what else we got? Uh, well, uh, just want to shout out again, our sponsor, Section 119. Right now, they are running their biggest promo ever with up to 30% off for the holidays. If you can visit section119.com and ch- to check them out, find cool gifts for your wife, brother, husband, dad, sister, favorite podcaster, or just yourself. Uh, that's section119.com. You can see our address below. Yes. Um <laughs> And finally, we want to tell you about our good friends at Sunset Lake CBD. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. For years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I think we all know who Ben and Jerry's is, right? They, they make I've ice cream? I've heard of them, yeah. They, yeah, they make ice cream. They're they're good. Um, they're great. I guess In 2018... <laughs> In 2018, (laughs) Sunset Lake diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. With a product for everyone, they offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, and hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD coffee crafted to help with stress, aches, and pains. Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door, as I said. Please visit sunsetlakecbd.com. Use the promo code HFPOD. That's HFPOD pod for 20% off your purchase. Once again, that's sunsetlakecbd.com promo code HFPOD.
What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. All right. So in the time between our last episode, where we talked about 2021 fish and did a big look back on the year that was, uh, RJB, our fateful co-host friend, our the wonderful RJB, put out a poll. Troublemaker, so, RJB. Bit of a troublemaker. Uh, stating... You can only keep one December fish tour. Choose from below. December 95, December 97, and December 99. We received over 1,200 responses, 10 quote tweets, people that were uh, clearly, clearly on uh, on another level with this poll. (laughs) And the results came in. With 14.9% of respondents, December 1999. With 37% of respondents, December 1997. And the clear winner, although it was very close for a period in time, with 48.1% of respondents, December 1995. Cue the ding, 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 ding. All right, all right, all right. Um, So... You know, seeing this, it was it was interesting. And like I'm looking through the responses here, there was a lot of uh, you know, truly impassioned responses to these three years. These are three very popular, very famous, very well-loved years. And for the record, um, I'll tell you what I voted for shortly, but I love all of these years. And I think as we've talked about here, there's so much to mine here. And if you had only one of these years to listen to, even if it wasn't the one that you quote picked, there's still a lot to enjoy and still a lot to learn about this band. Um, that said, we are here to decide which is the year that lives. I, I don't think we get to decide. I just think we get to choose for ourselves. <laughs> uh, everybody else has to like, you know, too much. Just themselves. it's live. It's live television. You know, we, but I will we get say one year, everything else is gone. I voted multiple times. So. <laughs> That's what happened. I mean, I don't have you are just rule breakers, both of you. I mean, I I I have my own Twitter, I have my (laughs) podcast Twitter, I have another podcast Twitter. So yeah, I did do that. (laughs) Well, let's talk through this. Um, and again, like for anyone out there listening, if you want to share your thoughts on um which year you you would pick, I want to think about this from like a deserted island standpoint. Like you are you have one December to listen to fish forever. And this will be the fish that you listen to over and over and over again. It's all you got left. Megan, what are you going with? Well, clearly I'm here to be adversarial today. Um, that's my role, I guess. Um, but I am going for the underdog, which is 97 fish. And this is why 
like we said, 95 is this driving year. They're hungry. They're fast. They're loud. They're excited. It's amazing. It's amazing fish. I think 97 for me is just like if I'm on a desert island and I can only dance to one thing, I want to dance to 97 fish. Like some people complain about kind of like the dominance of the funk gems, right? Or the slower tempo. But I'm into that. I like sexy fish. I think it's cool when fish is sexy. Like that's what I want to dance to. Sorry. That's not. <laughs> that's okay so you think your dog objects that's your dog true. is dog like what are you talking about right now <laughs> Sorry, that's <Well>. Reba. <laughs> so anyway i i'm into that and i feel like when i hear 95 fish it gives me a little bit of anxiety sometimes like when like a possum comes on or like an antelope like it's so great and the buildup is amazing but i don't know how to dance to it and it's just like ah so i just feel like I really love 97 fish and I just really love that groove that they're getting into. And I just, I just want to hear that type of fish a lot. Like when I'm dancing and when I'm at a show, like I just want to get more down. Get more down. Way to connect yeah. 2021 fish to 1997 fish. I love that. Yeah. I, it's, it's a really good argument to be made. And I was talking to a, a friend about this. I was asking him, you know, his thoughts on it. And within like seconds of me asking the question, he said, 97, I just love the sound of that year and, and of that month. Like there's something about the sound of his December 97 show that it sounds like a fully realized band that has zero questions about their abilities that has fully reinvented themselves within a two month or two year period in time and is just kind of celebrating it and riding this wave. And there's this like ease to it. And I love, love that about it. Um, Jonathan, are you going 97? Are you, where, where are you at? <laughs> no, I'm not going 97. <laughs> not that I'm here to, I'm not here to, uh, you know, knock 1997. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's the ADHD in me. I like the way 1995 can go anywhere and does. I like the way it is all over the map. I love the energy. I also had no trouble dancing to it. Although today I might because I'm old and infirm, but back then, you know, it was, it was easy. It just came natural. Um, Maybe you're just a better dancer than me different dancer i would i would wager i doubt better this is um, a good preview of one of our future episodes where we yeah. have a dance off to your favorite fish jams yeah this you're looking at dancer. it uh you have to you have to find me at a show to see how i dance all right um yeah no i i like the sometimes frenetic nature you know you, you started talking about a possum or an antelope i remember very specifically uh being at philly in 95 and uh, my my buddy Madi, he got a ticket swap. Somebody right uh, right in the middle of the first set, and he went downstairs to his really great seats, and uh, and they played possum. And I knew at the time they they closed the show the set with possum first set. I knew at the time that he was way into possum. I don't know where he is on it now. And uh, and it just you know that was when possum had you know these like it got weird sometimes in the intros still, and it would just just like boom possum you know just build just in such a way that was just 
ah, and it, it, but everything about it. I love the jams. I love the psychedelic nature of the tweezers. They didn't necessarily groove like the 97 tweezers, but they did sometimes. You can hear elements of funk and such in some of the other jams, like the that Mike song at uh, Hershey that Brian was texting me about yesterday. There's some of that in there, too. They don't linger on it because they don't linger on a lot of things in 95. They play them. They move on. But also you were hearing beautifully executed versions of songs like Reba, beautifully executed versions of Slave, Harry Hood. Not that there aren't great Harry Hoods in these other years. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Oh, and Ha 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 was more prevalent. So top that. These are all good reasons. Um, <laughs> I... So I'm I'm going with December '95, um, and I don't think that there's a. It's because I don't of think suspicious a, minds, right? It's suspicious minds. Every time yeah. they played suspicious minds, yeah, I'm like, the, I have the to cape have that with show. the lights inside. I love that. So fun. <laughs> so I good. Do that. So fun. I. When I think back, so I thought about this a lot in the early part of this year when we were making Undermine Season One, and I was trying to imagine like. What were the goals of this band in 1984 and 85 and 86 when like the gears were just starting to creak together and like, is Jeff going to be in the band? Hey, who's this keyboardist? Hey, can we make this work? Hey, I've got a new song. It's called You Enjoy Myself. It's like 18 songs all mashed together in one. Somehow it works. And it's this brilliant new take on rock music. Oh, I've got Fluffhead. Hey, we're going to do Gamehenge. Oh, we also jam for 26 minutes off of whipping post. You know, these like little seeds of like who fish was in that, in that like mid eighties period in time. I was trying to think like, what are the goals of this band long-term? Like what are their ambitions? And at that point in time when they were literally, you know, they had their core fan base, but let's be real. Like nobody's asking for fish to play at an arena in 1986. And the reality of them actually doing that seems just ludicrous you know that's it's just a band like they're just guys who like to play together and i often think like in their wildest dreams the goal of what they would sound like is december 95 and to me it is the purest but like most um I don't know, like the biggest version of what they could be. It's like this maximalist take on everything that Fish has ever done. And and for me, 1995 is my favorite year of Fish. I love the uh, dichotomy between the summer tour and the the December tour, where you have these like 45 minute long jams that are just dissonant, and there's no trace of a melody and they don't even want to and they're almost like begging you to like leave the show they're just playing so <laughs> aggressively and they're like can you handle this okay but can you handle this for like 10 more minutes and yes. you know the <laughs> yes i can jonathan can <laughs> <laughs> and i love it like i put those man rj like... rj couldn't he, he was like no <laughs> flips to next year <laughs> Sorry. i i, I... I put those like lengthy jams on constantly and I just love them there. That is some of my favorite sound that fish has ever made. And it's all in service of this goal that in my head they have that would ultimately be reached in December 97. Like that goal of how is this communication going to lead us to playing melodic music that will allow us to all play as one instrument all happens between you know 95 and 97 with remaining light being in there but in the meantime they have to stop off 
one more time in their home turf, if you will. And it's the first time since December 92 where they're going to end the year with this kind of lap around the Northeast. And between 1992 and 1995, so much has changed. We have a baby grand piano that adds depth to their sound. We have arenas. We have the new Halloween shows. We have the kind of seedlings of the festivals in their shows at Sugarbrush. Like we have all these aspects of fish that have been added to them over these three years that are beyond any of their wildest dreams. And like you said, Jonathan, like that Mike's into Weekapog, the tweezers, um, the you enjoy myself from Albany, the down with disease this taking of a new song and like adding a maximalist, but melodic approach to it in Providence. Uh, that first set in the spectrum on 1215, the random Haley's in NICU into slave in Broome County arena. Like we have all these moments where the band is just like taking their past and adding something extra to it. And you hear that in December 95 in a way that almost predated all of the conflicts that would come, you know, like they had to reinvent themselves after that because they'd reached this peak without that there is no reason for 1997 to happen they they are still searching like they've reached this peak and that to me is just such a fascinating moment and um no disrespect whatsoever to december 97 because i absolutely love it uh december 99 i love it but it is definitely a, a notch below for me but yeah december 95 that is uh give me no contact with anyone else and just those like 14 shows to play for the rest of my life and I will be a happy person. I'll, I'll make one request. Just please let me have the second set from Worcester 1229, but we'll get to that. <laughs> the, uh, the boat finds you in three years. So you're going to have rearranged your brain. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think that we did. Do we have anything else that we want to throw out here about December fish? No, no, I think, um, I think we covered it. Meg, you think so? Yeah, I think we did a good job. All right. I think I, think I stood my too. ground, even though um, you should I got always two don't listen. December '95 um, proponents here, but it's good. <laughs> I, I like guarantee it. you a huge segment of fish internet is out there on your side completely. So don't worry. <laughs> Just because us weirdos have one opinion doesn't mean we're we, we stand ahead. So, um. <laughs> It'd be boring if we all agreed, right? Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would. It would. Um, well, thank you guys. This was a ton of fun. This was a great uh, diversion from my Thursday. And I hope for everyone out there listening, you guys had fun. We'll be back as we will be for the next couple of weeks, uh, next Tuesday, December 7th at 3 p.m. Eastern. And we are going to be talking about 1229s through fish history. And if you're asking, what about 1228? We'll cover a bit of 1228. We have to start the New Year's run with 1228. But we do just want to showcase um, you know, the way that this new year's run here in 2021 and 2022 is going to be highlighted. So we'll do a little bit of 1228 love, but then we're going to jump into the meat of 1229. And if you are even a hint of a fish fan, you know, that when I say 1229 fish, I mean something special. I know what Jonathan's thinking. Yes. I, I know what you're thinking. I you think are. I have an idea right. about what you're thinking, Megan. Um, and <laughs> what am I thinking? Man, there are just so many great 1229 shows throughout fish history that um, I can't wait to dig into it. It's just going to be more music that we have to listen to, isn't it? Bummer. 
It's a hard job. It's a hard job. <laughs> Jonathan, you want to send us out with some love for Shift? Uh, yeah. Uh, we want to remind everybody once again that HF Pod on Tour is proudly presented by Shift Genuine Cannabis, based and sold in Colorado. Shift sells flour, pre rolls, cartridges, and concentrates. Please visit shiftcannabis.com to learn more. Please, please do. Shift is a wonderful partner and great people. Um, I also want to tell you about Section 119. Hey, I'm wearing a hoodie from Section 119. It's really, really comfortable. I said it on Tuesday and I meant it. It feels like I'm wearing a hug. It's just, it's the best feeling. <laughs> Brian, right have now, you taken that off since <laughs> I saw you on Tuesday? <laughs> it, it walked into the room by itself. <laughs> Only briefly. Um, right, <laughs> right now, Section 119 is running their biggest promo ever. You can score up to 30% off for the holidays. Visit section119.com to check them out. You can find cool gifts for your wife, for your good friend, for your husband, for your brother, for your dad, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, your nieces, your nephews, whoever it may be in your life, your favorite podcaster who's running live shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, just treat yourself, maybe. That could be great. We would love for you to treat yourself. Section119.com. And just a quick reminder, we said this at the top of the show, but um, please let them know that your friends at HF Pod, that's us, that we sent you. Take your take the post-purchase survey on your order confirmation page, and they will know that we are the ones that sent you. And with that, Megan, Jonathan, I think we did it. I'm really excited to talk with you all on Tuesday, and uh, I wish you all the best with your fish listening uh, experiences over the next couple of days. we got at least a weekend to get through 12 It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Someone has to do it. My, my, my wife and kids, well, my wife will be cool. My kids will be like, all right, all of these jams, come on. They sound but. the same, man. What's up? <laughs> Do they ever sing? Are there any words in these songs? Care a lot no, that. man. It's New Year's Eve run. We're getting into the thick <laughs> of it. We'll be excited for, uh, for you all to be here. Same time, 3 p.m. Eastern, same place, the internet. And uh, we'll just be back here on December 7th. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you all soon. Thanks, y'all. Thanks. Bye.
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.